Houston Dynamo, Portland Timbers, Sporting Kansas, Los Angeles Galaxy, Beach Pass, Toronto FC, Salt Lake, Chicago Fire, Columbus Crew, FC Dallas, York Red Bulls, Pitch Pass, your all-access credential to the people that matter in MLS. Here's your host, Greg Roach. Hello, hello. Welcome to another edition of Pitch Pass. Thank you so much for downloading the show. And uh, I want to ask you another favor. Tell some other people about the show. Spread the word. Spread the love of Pitch Pass. At Pitch Pass to follow us on Twitter and PitchPass.com for everything else you need on the show, including all the subscribing options like iTunes. And if you are subscribing to iTunes... Leave a comment, rate the show. That's all. The same things we always ask. Oh, also, keep in the back of your mind, we are still looking for someone to write for us. Nothing heavy, no in-depth exposés, anything like that. Just some fun lifestyle stuff as it pertains to MLS. So if you are that person or know someone who could be that person, you hit us up on the email, pitchpass at gmail.com. All this is at pitchpass.com. Grant Wall, senior soccer writer for Sports Illustrated, will join us later in the show. But first... The man who has taken MLS by storm and has led the attack for Toronto FC in their very solid start to their season. Robert Earnshaw joins us right now on Pitch Pass. Robert, how are you? I'm good, thank you. How are you? I'm I'm fantastic. And uh, well, first let me ask you because I, I follow you on Twitter, so I see that you are you're out and about in T dot. You're kind of you're embracing the city and making it your own, are you? Oh uh, yeah, for sure, for sure. You know, that, uh, to be honest, that was that was one of the things. I mean, that that's what's it helps me, you know. I, I find that it's um, if I if I try and embrace uh, the culture, the people, um, and you know the city. Um, I think you settle in quicker. So you know, when I moved here, I was like, you know, I, I, I've, what I've got to do is try and just take it all in, try and enjoy it, uh, and try just try and settle in as quick as possible, um, just so you know everything else can fall into place. So you know, I'm enjoying it. You were at a hockey game last night, seeing the Maple Leafs. I've seen you uh, tweet pictures from Raptors games. Were you a basketball or hockey fan before you came over? Um, I was, I'm actually I've, I've been a, bit, a big, big basketball fan um, for a number of years now. So um, I've always I always follow the NBA. So uh, when I moved here, it was, it was just like a bonus. You know, I can I can watch the NBA more. <laughs> so, yeah. uh So I definitely had to go to the game. So. Um, it's it's nice. I'm I'm, I'm going to go to the Boston game on Wednesday night, so uh, the, the the last uh, home Raptors game. So that's going to be fun. So how much of a role did did the extracurricular stuff, the 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 city, the environment, living in North America? How much of a role did that play in you coming over here? Um, it was it, it played a big role. It played a big role because um, you know I, I had a friend of mine who actually played here, Carl Robinson, who I played with with the with the Welsh national team. Um, and then also when I was at Norwich, um, I played with him. So, um, he, you know, he always used to say, uh, you know, about what it's like over here, what the league's like, you know, the, the quality, you know, everything. So he, he really filled me in on, on a lot of things and, 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 um, just getting to know. I mean, um, also, uh, you know, I've, I've spoke to a couple of people who've played over here, um, in the league. So, um, I, I did a little bit of homework and, you know, just over a gradual number of years, it was something that appealed to me from, from you know, probably two or three years ago. Uh, like, you know, it's something that I would like to experience. But, you know, obviously, you know, the lifestyle, the, the, the extracurricular stuff and, and everything was just a bonus because, you know, for me, like everywhere where I've always moved, it's always been um, the case. It's, it's soccer first, you know. It's like 
Um, can I see myself doing well at this place? Can I see myself, um, you know, being good and, and enjoying it? And, and can I try my best at this place? And, and Toronto fitted all that, you know, um, and that's why I came over. How much of a factor was Ryan Nelson being the head coach in your decision? It helped. It helped um, because you know, I played against him. I, um, I spoke to a few people who knew him and, um, and you know, everybody speaks highly of him. So, you know, as a person, as a guy and everything, um, you know, I knew that, um, you know, if, if you wanted to bring me over here, um, it was for a reason, you know, um, and, uh, you, know, he's, you know, because he, you know, he's played in the UK as well, you know, and um, he's, he's seen me play and everything. So uh, it, it helped because I, I wasn't going into something where it was completely brand new and, and there was no, uh, you know, connection there or anything. Um, you know, so it, it, it just helps, you know, it just helps. But, um, you know, it, it also helps because he, he, he probably knows our mentality from the UK. Um, so, you know, with certain things and, 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 you know, obviously like the moving over and everything, he can, he can also sort of be there and, and understand, um, you know, the, the, the mentality as well. Is it a, a refreshing change for you uh, going back to Twitter? I saw just random guys seeing you on the street taking pictures of you. Is it, is it refreshing to be able to walk the streets of the town that you live in and, and kind of blend in with the, with the rest of the people? It it is yeah it's it's nice you know because like you can you can you know a lot of the time you can uh, you can sort of walk around and and get to explore the city and and you know you know go for coffee and um, restaurant and things like this um, but uh, yeah there's there's a few people starting to recognize me a bit so <laughs> I got it's funny because I get a little bit shy sometimes you know but it's cool you know I I, I do like the interaction with the fans you know so when people stop me or for a photo or things like this. You know, I really don't mind because, um, you know, as as you know, if, if I if I went to watch sports and you know one of my you know play one of the players, um, you know, I'd want the photo or I'd want to speak to them or whatever. So you know, I really don't mind. It's you know, I think it's it's part of the part of the job, part of the duty that um, you know, and I enjoy it. It's because you're scoring so much, Robert. That's why everybody knows who you are now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, I'm just. It's it's funny. Like the other day, I went to I went to the like the basketball and like people were like you know wanting pictures and stuff. So it's like, you know, it's 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 been weird because the, the first few weeks is like quite quiet and you can just get around and and you know just you know do your bits. But um, but yeah, so there's a, there's a few few more people that are starting to recognize me. So, but it's it's cool. It's, you know, I like it. I'd, I want you to be as 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 confident and as cocky as possible when you answer this question. Did, <laughs> did you ever, did you think that you were going to settle in as quickly and start knocking in goals at the rate that you are when you came over? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> now, is that the striker's mentality or did you just feel like, you know what, I've, I've seen some MLS games, I've heard from, from people like that I know that play in the league and I, I feel like this style of play suits my abilities? Yeah, no, yeah, no there, there's, there's a few factors because um, there's a few things because uh, when I came over, it was I, I, was, I was coming over at a, um, a really, I was confident, you know, um, you know, maybe because you know, I've been you know, over to Israel and playing there and, and because of the, over the last few years, um, I, I, I'm, I'm coming over here to try and do well and to, to be the best I can. Um, and the only question was that if, if I'm on the pitch or not, you know, and that's how I always think. I always think if, if you put me on the pitch, 
everything else will take care of itself. You know, I, I don't I don't worry about like, all right, I'm going to do what I'm going to score goals because I feel like I can do that naturally. So the only the only worry is, was like, you know, if I if you know you got me on the pitch or not really. So you know, and, and with Ryan, obviously Ryan Elford bringing me here, and he, you know, he wants to he wants me to be on the pitch. He wants me to play and play a lot of minutes. Um, and it's like, you know, for me, if I was doing that and thinking, right, okay, I'm coming over here and I'm going to play a lot of minutes, everything else I could I could say, you know, it's going to take care of itself. You know, I'll score goals. Or I'll try and do well for the team. So that that's that's really why I say yes. You know, because. Um, as long as I'm on the pitch, you know, I think, you know, I'll, I'll always try and do my best and try and do well, you know, and, and hopefully, you know, like now the, the goals are flowing. So, um, you know, I can say yes, you know, because <laughs> I, I'm, I'm confident enough, you know. Yes. That's what inform is all about is me being able to say, yes, I, I knew I was going to do this. Yeah. Yeah. And that also takes, I mean, there's a lot of factors as well because, you know, it's it, it, it's difficult. Even though obviously I've got a few goals, and it, it's been difficult because there's a transition in the team and and the squad because uh, it's it, it's a new brand new team, and we we just you know things are just starting. You know, we're 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 a brand new team and and, and a lot of new players. So um, the the fact that we've actually gelled uh, pretty well so far. Um, it's been brilliant, you know, but we're still a work in progress. So I'm, I'm hoping we can we can try and you know turn draws into into very good wins, um, and that's going to be the big factor. But uh, you know, like I said, we're still just a work in progress. So hopefully we can we can keep it going. It's interesting that you bring that up because this is your first season in MLS and with with TFC. This is a team that's in transition, especially after what happened last year. Um, so do you you feel it in the locker room and in the city? Do you feel that this team is off to a fresh new start? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I definitely feel that. And and it was important to, to get that across to all the new guys and get the point of, listen, forget what's happened with Toronto before. This is a brand new Toronto, brand new players, you know, coaching staff, you know, even Kevin Payne coming in was a huge, huge thing. So, you know, all these things uh, just as, as you know, is, is automatically pushing us towards thinking um, and changing the mentality of, right, you know, Whatever's happened before in Toronto is is happened, but uh, this is a team that we're going to try and get results now. We're going to try and do something, try and achieve something, and um, you know I, I love being part of that because you know the, that's another thing that I look for in the team um, I'm playing for is um, you know I don't want to be like mediocre. I don't want to be just settle. Um, I want to do good. I want my team to do good. Um, so it's just having you know changing the mentality a little bit and and just keep working hard. I don't want to put you on the spot, but Canada is a is a is a country that struggles in this sport for for a number of reasons. And you being a, a profile high profile player coming in playing on a, the Canadian centerpiece team, uh, do you feel any obligation or or duty to help out younger Canadians in Toronto and specifically TFC? Um, yeah, I mean, obviously, you know, I think I think we have to. I think we, you know, we. It's 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 difficult because you know I think um, for for us I think we need to like I said earlier we need to try and change the mentality you know we we're gonna try and achieve something you know we're not gonna always win every single game or we're not gonna win you know like you know run away with things you know because we're we're a new team but we're gonna push ourselves as hard as possible and work as hard as possible uh, because you know for the fans paying uh, to to come out and watch us and 
Uh, they want to see good games. They want to see us work as hard as possible. So we're going to try and achieve that. And then that's hopefully going to uh, not have a knock-on effect in the city and, and, and everybody watching soccer, you know, because, um, you know, from what I, I, I hear and believe, you know, from everyone, there's a lot of soccer fans and, you know, especially kids and things like this. And if we can set a good example and, and, and do the right things for, you know, for the younger kids watching us, you know, this is going to be incredible because then it's going to put on a knock-on effect for the next few years, and and hopefully, you know, we can we can have a team that a team that we're proud of. There are a lot of Cardiff fans tweeting at you today with uh, with memories of your spell at Cardiff City. Do we congratulate you on Cardiff's promotion to the to the Premier League next season? <laughs> oh yeah, I mean, I hope so. I've, I've been a part of it. You know, like I said. Uh, I said on Twitter earlier that um, I started. I came in to, to, to Cardiff City when I was 16, you know, and there's just a kid who uh, who just wanted to play soccer. So um, as soon as you know, I, I spent uh, you know eight eight and a half years at the at the at the football team, you know. So eight and a half years of, of my playing career, it was huge, you know, and I probably had my best times there. So. Um, to see them go up to the Premier League has been incredible. It's something I, I you know, I, I, you know, I've, I've been involved with. I've seen, you know, the fans and everything, the following. So it's, it's huge for the city as well. So I think it's going to be a great thing next year. Do you love the color change? Um, I disagreed with it to be <laughs> honest, because I was, you know, I like, like I said, when I came through, it was always uh, Bluebirds, and yeah. that's the nickname, and and everything was blue. Uh, so to change to to like. The whole colours, I uh, I didn't really agree with it. So, so, but you know, it's 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 not my football club, and that's that's the way they want to they want to go. But um, you know, I'm sure the fans will uh, will support the team no matter what. Though. So before I let you go, I you're entering your mid 30s. Do you ever yeah. ask gigs, hey, what's what's your secret, and can I, can a little of that rub off on me because I want to play as long as you play? <laughs> to be honest, I, I actually the, the, the thing is. You've got to feel young, <laughs> you know. <laughs> I, I I feel I feel young, you know. I, I don't I don't think of myself as you know. Like I still think of myself as like mid twenties, say, you know, because I, I I like I'm lucky as well because I, you know my body and everything like that. I feel good, uh, but um, but you know I'm, I'm confident enough and, and everything, and uh, I, I I always feel young, you know. So for me, I've uh, I've, I've got a lot more years to uh, to, to go yet. Um, so. You know, I'm, I'm hoping I can uh, I, I can achieve some great things yeah, before I finish up. So, you know, we'll we'll see we'll see how it goes. But um, I'm just enjoying myself and, and trying to embrace everything. You guys have three home games in a row uh, starting this weekend against Houston. Uh, I know you guys aren't happy with the way that the the season started overall, but uh, for coming off of last season, TFC is definitely off to a really really solid start. And three home matches in a row, you guys can really have a chance to to do some business and move up the table now. Yeah, yeah, and it's important. It's important. You know, we need to try and uh, turn these draws into wins, and that's going to give us extra confidence. You know, I think we're confident enough right now, but, um, you know, I think the fans want to see us win, and uh, we're going to try our best to do that. So, you know, I think hopefully in the next uh, two or three games, if we can get a couple of wins, that's going to really, you know, really lift everyone, uh, the fans and and the players especially, because I know everybody, the players have been working hard to try and, Win games, and we should have won probably a couple of games, you know, in the last uh, last three games. So it's 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 been tough to take some of the results, but also we you know we've not lost as well, you know. Uh, so it's it's going to be important for us to to try and get wins um, and try and obviously get us up the table. Great start to your MLS career, Robert Earnshaw. Thank you so much for joining us, and best of luck for the rest of the season. Thank you.
Thank you, guys. Thank you. That's Robert Earnshaw. Ah, you know Robert Earnshaw. I don't need to tell you who that was. Wow. And make sure you follow him on Twitter. He's a very good tweeter. I, I like when people tweet things that are aren't always soccer related, and he does a great job of balancing uh, his 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 private life and his professional life. So some good information about the team, great information about the guy himself. So make sure you're following at Robert Earnshaw on Twitter. Uh, I don't know if I know Grant Wall's Twitter handle. I mean, I follow him, as you should, because he is the senior soccer writer for Sports Illustrated, in the know on almost everything, author of the book The Beckham Experiment. Fantastic read, by the way. You know all this, too. But we don't know. You know what? Let's bring him in and ask him. Grant, what is your Twitter handle? Grant Wall, W-A-H-L. That's, that's it's pretty easy. I was just saying how Robert Earnshaw is a good tweeter because he balances it really well with giving us some glimpses into his personal life, but also keeping some professional stuff and giving us tidbits that way. I like those tweeters when my professional soccer players. Yeah, you know, I mean, it's the kind of thing where I don't actually follow that many athletes because not many of them have figured out how to do it that yeah. great, but I'll check him out. Yeah, he's good. He's very good. And... um Somebody said it earlier. I think, oh, it was Kurt Larson of the Toronto Sun. So I'll throw the first question about Robert Arnshaw to you. And that is, is he right now the best finisher in the league? You know what? He's very opportunistic. And sometimes that comes off as a backhanded compliment. Um, But he certainly puts himself in good positions to score and to take advantage of mistakes, as we've seen several times now um, in the league. And I I still want to see Arnshaw maybe. I don't know. Have you know a more typical, some more typical goals, or create more of his own goals before maybe we anoint him an elite scorer in the league. But he certainly off to a great start. Yeah, and I think I think also he gets a little more credit because of the way Toronto was last year, and then how they are this year. Now, as I said to him, they're not lighting the world on fire, but they're definitely off to a better start this year than last year. And he doesn't really have a lot of creative players around him uh, helping him out too much. No, that's true. And so it means, in a sense, if you're getting a lot of your goals opportunistically, that if you get guys on your team who can set you up better for kind of more conventional goals, I guess, uh, that would be, you know, a real goal scorer there, a guy who could win the golden boot in the league. So if, if Toronto really does start getting some of those setup guys, then, yeah, I mean, the way Earnshaw is going right now, he's already been a, a really solid addition to that team in the league, but he could take it to an even higher level. Well, which of the four teams, or, or you can go off board, uh, of the surprising start teams are you most impressed with? TFC? Chivas, Montreal, or FC Dallas? Or you can go off-board if you want. Well, I mean, there's varying degrees now. I mean, we're starting to get a few games behind us, so it's not like it's the first three weeks of the season and it's hard to make any judgments. I mean, Montreal at 4-1-1 and is, to me, the biggest surprise, just because I know if you looked at how they played in the second half of last season that maybe it, you know, they had done all right, you know, uh, and, and Jesse Marsh, the, the previous coach, had actually started to build something a little bit there, and, um, you know, there's a lot of questions as far as, like, who is Marco Schallenbaum, would he have an impact on this team, Did you know, was he a smart hire or not, and they've just gotten off to a very good start, and we need to learn a little bit more, I think, as the season goes on here, but, you know, Montreal's certainly off to, to a nice start, and, you know, I think Dallas just 
being as good as they are and, you know, and having five wins, the only team in the league that does, um, that surprises me a little bit. You know, I, this seemed like a team that, you know, had some issues potentially. You know, they got rid of Brett Shea and, and I, and, you know, that in itself, uh, he wasn't great last year, but he was terrific the year before. And I thought that might cause an adjustment period. And, you know, you look at who's, there right now, having Kenny Cooper and Blas Perez up top is a, a really nice striker partnership. And David Ferreira appears like he's closer to what he was, to, you know, during his MVP uh, time in the league. So uh, that's a team that, that seems to be playing pretty well. And if they hadn't, you know, struggled late against Toronto, it would actually have six wins. So uh, to beat Los Angeles early in the season, uh, you know, makes Dallas look like uh, a pretty solid team. And Chivas, I think there's three wins, which is impressive. A few question marks, maybe. If you're losing at home to Colorado, not a good sign. But I like what El Chalice, the new coach, is doing there. He's a little unconventional and seems to be a really good motivator and man manager. So, yeah, plenty of surprises around the league. It's hard to predict this league. Yeah, totally. And, and you know, the first when I first look at it, taking the standings out, I always want to say Chivas first. Um, just because I feel like anything that we could have gotten or will get from them over the course of the season is gravy as a as a as a as an objective MLS person looking at the league, not a, not a Chivas fan. But it's just one of those things where you're like you you thought they were going to be so bad, so that whenever they do anything, it's like a surprise. Yeah, you can certainly make the argument that they're the biggest surprise in the league just by not being absolutely terrible. I, I'm still. Pretty well convinced that Jorge Vergara is a terrible owner, uh, <laughs> not just of Chivas USA, but of Chivas de Guadalajara. But at the same time, this team may be totally struggling off the field and, uh, you know, as far as getting people to come to the games. But I remember before the season started, I went down to Mexico and did a story on Hercules Gomez um, for Sports Illustrated. And, you know, he had El Chaliz as his coach at Puebla when he made his miracle turnaround in Mexico back in 2010. And he, he told me in January, he was like, look, El Chalice is a tremendous motivator. And this guy uh, gets guys to run through brick walls for him. And he may not be the most tactically astute guy ever, but he doesn't need to be that he is that good of a man manager and a guy who players love. And so that's been very interesting to see you know, how he's made that work with Chivas USA. And, um, you know, I mean, it, it's an encouraging start. And, and maybe winning some games will cause some more people to come to the games. Um, but at the same time, I mean, it's not the ownership has done that team any favors, and yet they're not bellyaching about it. They're just going out and playing yeah. pretty good soccer. So let's look at the other end of the spectrum. Um, a candidate for most disappointing team thus far uh, would be probably United, D.C. United, uh, Seattle Sounders and San Jose. I, I'm going to give San Jose a bit of a pass just because of the injuries. And you also couldn't have expected the magic that they had last year to, to transfer over into a new season. So unless you don't want to discount them, which of those three teams are, has been the most disappointing thus far? You know, they're all about equal right now to me. You know, I mean, the fact that Seattle is the only team that does not have a win in the league, that's, that's pretty stunning. I mean, we knew that they would have an adjustment period coming into the season just because, you know, they were losing Montero up front. They were losing Jeff Park in the back. 
And they did get Obafemi Martins at least sooner rather than later in the transfer window this summer. Uh, but, you know, he's had some injury issues, and uh, and they've had CCL going on as well, and they did win a game in CCL. So um, I think it's a long season, and my sense is the talent there, there's enough to get into the playoffs by the end of the season, but there may not be a ton of patience uh, in Seattle for a guy like Ziggy Schmidt. Um, you know, that's a major league field of that team with 40,000 people a game and the pressure to match. And so I'm curious to see how long they can go without getting a win before Ziggy's really on, a, on the hot seat. As far as San Jose is concerned, you mentioned the injuries. It's uh, been really difficult for them. And, um, you know, they didn't have Stephen Leonard uh, for quite a while, didn't have Alan Gordon for a little while. Now they're going to be without him for the next yeah. four weeks or so. Um, but I think Marvin Chavez and Steven Betashow are, are guys who maybe don't get a ton of publicity in MLS, but they were tremendously important to that team last year and what they did. And you look at Chris Wondolowski, and he's he still scored a few goals, but he's struggling to an extent this season uh, in a way we haven't seen in the last three years. And I think you know a guy like Marvin Chavez was really important to provide width to that team and pace and. Uh, and Wanda really does need those guys around him, I think. So, um, curious to see what happens there. And then with United, um, you know, it's that's surprising to me. That's that's a pretty big stunner. I, I look at that team heading into the season as a playoff team, um, and I just I don't totally understand the Leonard Cahoy experience. I guess I, I don't see him as. As a starter in MLS, I don't see him as a guy who has shown much of anything, to be honest, since he joined the league. And maybe, I don't want to put it all on one guy because I, I think that's unfair, but uh, I do think he's um, symbolic of a situation where, where D.C. just doesn't have a guy up top who you can totally rely on to score goals. And I wonder how long it might you know, take for, for Carlos Ruiz to get maybe uh, a shot up there or, or somebody to get purchased in the transfer market this summer who, who could really help this team. Let's go back to Seattle for just one second. Do you think in hindsight they are regretting that? I'm sure they got swept up in the in the Martins transfer situation, but he was healthy coming from Spain. You put him on a plane to play, give, to get him onto the field uh, in front of your home team, uh, your home crowd, and then he goes right back on a plane back to international duty, only to come right back, and then the injury sets in. So it, it seems as if they would have been better off just going, okay, take your time, why don't you go right to Nigeria and then meet us afterwards, and then they would have had him for, for Champions League. Yeah, that's a good point, you know. I mean, I, I really do think if you're going to invest a lot of money in a, in a designated player you really do need to sort of think twice about whether that guy is still playing for his national team, especially if that national team is a heck of a long ways away. And, you know, Kerry Henry with New York, you know, he's, he's retired internationally. And so, you know, you're going to get um, a lot of games out of him every year, as long as he's healthy. Um, and so for anyone who, you know, like Martin, who has to travel back and forth potentially for national team duty, especially from Seattle. Yeah. Uh, you know, that, I think you should take that into the equation, especially if MLS is scheduling games during international days and continues to do so. But then again, it's not a, a perfect science, and I, I do think 
it's a very, very forgiving season in MLS, and we should keep that in mind before people get too worked up about teams that are off to rough starts just because, um, you know, Los Angeles got off to a terrible start last year that lasted quite a ways into the regular season, ended up winning the, the league championship and, and being the best team in the playoffs. So um, do I wish there uh, that it wasn't so forgiving? Yeah, I, I kind of do. In fact, I, I look at the big picture in, in American soccer, and, and I wish there uh, a lot of things were less forgiving, like the hexagonal in World Cup qualifying for the U.S. national teams. Four, six teams are probably going to end up making the World Cup, and um, I guess it is what it is. Yeah, it, there, there definitely isn't that sense of urgency of every game matters, even though we feel like, especially after the first game for, for the national team, that we were hitting a panic button. But it turns out, you know, everybody who was saying, you know, don't overact, don't overact is right, because it is a slog rather than that sense of every game is vitally important. It is. You know, I, I continue to believe that the semifinal round of World Cup qualifying in CONCACAF is actually a bit more dangerous than the final round. And that sounds crazy, but... The U.S. took it to the final game of the semifinal round, and that's happened twice now for the U.S. since the last time they took it to the final game of the the final round of qualifying. And um, you know, I mean, I, I guess it's probably a good thing for for Concacaf that they're able to get three and a half teams into the World Cup. Does um, the region probably deserve two two or three? I, I think that's probably more accurate with what Concacaf really is. But um, uh, I'm sure Jurgen Klinsmann doesn't mind having that little margin for error, especially when he ended up losing the first game uh, in the hex. And um, and you do have a very competitive hexagonal, I think, this year that we haven't seen as much in previous times. Let's talk CONCACAF, but let's talk CONCACAF Champions League. I'm, I'm of the opinion that there are no more good job, good efforts when it comes to um, MLS's failure to advance uh, in this competition. But I'm also not of the opinion that it's because Mexico has so much more money to spend. Does that improve depth? Of course. But if you look at this this last round, if, if Los Angeles and Seattle had handled even a little bit of their business at home, then those road ties don't look nearly like the mountain that they were. And even though they were that huge mountain, Seattle put a scare into Santos. Um, where do you stand as far as where the MLS uh, places in CONCACAF Champions League as it regards to Mexico? Well, I guess I look at it in the terms of Don Garber, the MLS commissioner, saying he wants to be one of the world's top leagues by 2022, which really isn't that far away. It's, it's you know, nine years away. And, you know, if we look at it in those terms, you have to become the best league in your region by, by how many years from now? You know, two, three, five? And... I feel like MLS isn't that close to Mexico at this point. And, you know, some people might disagree with me and think the MLS is closer than, uh, than I'm saying. But, um, you know, I look at these competitive games, and when it comes down to it, MLS isn't getting the job done. And maybe we were a little bit uh, spoiled by Braille Salt Lake's run to the final a couple years ago and thinking that MLS was on the verge of getting a team to the FIFA Club World Cup and winning the region. And, you know, I, it's it's weird. I, I do think on the one hand that the, the depth issue does matter, particularly when you saw the team that Seattle put out on the field for the opening leg 
uh, against Santos because they were missing several guys. Several guys were out of form. And the, the guys that they had out there just, I didn't think, were totally ready for that kind of a game. Um, you know, L.A., I think, just had 10 minutes of poor, poor play toward the end of that home leg. And that, you know, that was you know, such a huge, pivotal moment in that tie. So, um, I don't know. I mean, I, I think there's a real frustration right now that, uh, that MLS hasn't been back to the final of the CONCACAF Champions League since Real Salt Lake was there. And it makes you think that, you know, more of the reason Salt Lake did get there was be- just because of the quirky scheduling where all the Mexican teams that year, all four of them, in the quarterfinals were in one half and non-Mexican teams were in the other half. And I don't know if Salt Lake would have made it. Okay, well, let me ask you this. Do we, as as fans or as journalists, overvalue the importance of CONCACAF Champions League right now as it pertains to MLS? Is it something that should be the 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 thing that it is in our minds now? Well, I hate to say that we overvalue you know, a competition that, you know, that's a real competition at this point, you know? I mean... And you need measuring sticks to find out where your league is. I just wish that measuring stick was an MLS team in the FIFA Club World Cup as opposed to not being able to get to that tournament. So, um, you know, MLS has had some success against Mexican teams in CCL in recent years, or at least a little bit more success where it's not a foregone conclusion that you go to Mexico and you lose. So... You know, that's a positive step, but I I just feel like I don't want to pat MLS on the head here yeah. and say good job because it's not a good job if you're not winning these tournaments. I want to get your thoughts on the uh, the NBC's deal with the English Premier League. That that was all announced today as we record. And um, I, I don't really want to talk about EPL, but I do want to talk about this deal's impact on MLS. Um, and what do you think... It will have what? What will be the impact? We you lose Arlo White. I mean, I don't know if you want to give a comment on on. I mean, Arlo is the, is the best, but Arlo is also English, and there are some sections of of fans who say, "Well, MLS should be called by American announcers." Does that does that matter to you at all? You know, it doesn't matter that much to me. You know, Arlo, I think has been very good with Seattle, and and then with NBC Sports Network as their voice for MLS. Um, I guess my feeling is that there's a lot of talented um, British guys, voices that we've seen, um, you know, calling soccer in the U.S. And, and I'm fine with that. I just I would like to see American play-by-play and analyst uh, commentators get the opportunity. And so I did have a slight issue with the fact that yeah, that's the announcement today. Very impressive announcement. Um, you know, the NBC made about their, their Premier League broadcasts. I just wish they would have had a U.S. voice among the talent that they listed. And the people they have are, are quite good. Um, where do you, you know, where, where would you like to see that in, in the, the studio package or actually somebody in England calling the match who's American? Uh, you know, somewhere, you know. Uh, I'd just like to see someone at this point. Studio would be one thing. That'd be great. Uh, maybe even a little bit better step to have them over in England. Um, but, um, you know, the guys they've got will, will do a good job, and the scale with NBC's Premier League coverage is just sort of mind-blowing. Totally. As far as the games, all the games will be showing live, and then the 600 hours of side programming. As far as MLS and where it 
fits in here, I guess it potentially could get a boost from cross-promotion uh, during Premier League broadcast by NBC Sports Network for MLS games on their channel, um, you know, and maybe in some cases lead-in uh, audiences if they decide to put some MLS games on NBC immediately after Premier League broadcasts. Uh, I don't know how often they're going to be able to do that, though. Um, and I, I guess I also look at the rising profile of the English Premier League in the U.S. and the Mexican League in the U.S., both in Spanish and in English language now. And I think that should be, um, you know, a reminder to MLS owners that they really, you know, it's going to get even more competitive TV-wise. If they want to increase their ratings, I think they really need to consider raising the salary cap a bit. Uh, not a tremendous amount, maybe, but but a bit, just to... Uh, to try and compete better with these these leagues that are getting an even higher profile on U.S. television. Yeah, and that's the first thing that I thought was it was it's a red flag to me, and to because you know when NBC Sports Network is just showing MLS matches, well then they're the star of their soccer coverage. They are definitely not going to be the star of the soccer coverage come August. Well, NBC spent you know two hundred and fifty million dollars for the next three years uh, of the English Premier League, and so it remains to be seen. If they're going to have the MLS or have MLS uh, beyond 2014, because that's when MLS's contract runs out with NBC and with ESPN, by the way. Um, you know, I do think in the big picture, all of this soccer on U.S. television is good for the American soccer fan and all the increased rights fees and all that, the number of games. That's all great stuff. And I think MLS will certainly find uh, even some competition among outlets to bid for their rights. But, um, you know, I, I do think that they have to try and make sure that the Premier League and other leagues aren't the ones that end up what you know, really making soccer work and make it viable on television in the U.S. MLS needs to be in that discussion. You know, I was going to call you the expert, but I'm only three points behind you in the Pitch Pass Fantasy MLS League. So I, I almost consider us equals now as far as punditry is concerned as for soccer. I couldn't even get out with a straight face. I couldn't even say it with a straight face, Grant. You really shouldn't use the term expert to say that with me, just so you know, uh, especially in fantasy terms. But uh, I'm, I'm having fun with it, but I'm doing much better at the head-to-head stuff. Than the actual total points I'm noticing, uh, but uh, I get into that thing every week, and, and I don't like losing. MLS is doing a better job this year because I, I know they've had it up to this point. And I tried it a couple years ago; I really didn't like it. But this year, it's fun. I like the the interface. They're doing a good job with the fantasy MLS. Yeah, I think so. I think the MLS website is a relevant, viable website. Um, you know, and 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 that's all really good. Uh, and I think actually, I mean. The MLS Live package is, is, a, Fantastic. is, is definitely worth it. Um, you know, I use that all the time. But, um, you know, the fantasy is good. Um, you know, I, I'm definitely spending time keeping up with it. And, uh, you know, I have plenty of other incentives to keep me dialed in with the league, but that's an additional one. Yeah, and I pre- we appreciate you joining the Pitch Pass Fantasy MLS League. Thank you very much. And thank you for, uh, for joining us today, Grant Wall. Thanks, man. Thanks. I enjoyed it. show information.
information, go to pitchpass.com.